just a little summary of what you presented on transgenics. You're looking at possibility of a solid-killing windbreak. That's one possibility. Uh, we do have a gene that uh, interferes with uh, muscle development in the, in the larval stage of the psyllid nymphs. The issue with that technology is that it would also potentially affect bees, so you would probably have to develop windbreak trees that didn't flower. So that's another challenge that we're working on. There's always uh, a problem with, with a new strategy, so uh, even if the strategy works, there might be a side component to it that makes it non-viable, so um, we're trying to address all that up front. So with the windbreaks, we have identified hybrids that, that grow beautiful, fast-growing tall trees that are shaped like a cedar tree, and they, would, they had the great, a nice shape for a windbreak. They're hybrids of uh, pomelo and papita, uh, so those are candidates to transform with these genes that are disrupting the, the, the muscle development in, in the psyllid and work that we're doing with, you know, Manjo and uh, Nabil Kalini. It's not going to be anything, you know, in the next year or two, so it's, it's further downstream. And, of course, the main purpose of windbreaks has been for protection from canker. That's a big, a big benefit of, of, of the windbreak. And another thing you can do, you know, if you have a good windbreak, a citrus windbreak tree, you can also load, keep those loaded up with your, your aliquot of, of, um, of the neonics instead of using them in the grove, and, and maybe you can prevent the psyllids from entering the grove that way So as a trap plant. How are you coming along on development of rootstocks that are HLB resistant and tolerant? Well, in, in our gauntlet screen, we've, we've got uh, 10 or 12 individual trees on hybrid rootstocks that have had greening for four years now and they're growing like normal trees so that's exciting and and this year two of those uh the seed trees made seeds for the first time and they're the right kind of seeds they're polyembryonic the kind that we need for the nursery so we'll be able to put out large-scale trials of those of those uh, couple of rootstocks and a couple of the other ones that are not making seeds yet or they're making their own kind of seeds we've entered into the um uh, tissue culture propagation schemes to generate material for those. So we're moving forward with that. We also started using infected uh, mercot as a, as a quicker tool, as a sentinel screening agent that reacts to the, to the disease much faster than sweet orange. So we might be able to get a reading on rootstocks much more quickly. And we think that if we can find a rootstock that can mitigate the disease in an infected mercot, it will probably work in any scion because mercots are about the most susceptible scion there is. And we've got a couple in the greenhouse that look really promising. I've got one one infected mercot up to the top of the stake with um, no symptoms on it, and, and even though it's infected, but it's the rootstock is somehow suppressing the population of the bacteria to less than 10% of what we normally find, and that seems to be enough to prevent the symptom development. So if that continues to, to grow like that in the field, then we might have an answer. For Southeast Agnet, I'm Ernie Neff.